This is Ion Health, delving into your overall well-being. With Arab Health. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Hi, Helen Farmer with you. Great to have you with us on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Ion Health with Arab Health. It's the Middle East leading healthcare event. And over the next few weeks, we're speaking to experts across a huge range of topics, including alternative health, tech innovations, and yes, navigating our lives through a pandemic. On today's show, we're finding out how artificial intelligence is shaping the healthcare system. Dr. Newton Howard with us from the University of Oxford. He had an accident in his early life, which changed the course of not just his own personal life, but his profession as well. You will be amazed by what he is working on. And can we see a cancer vaccine in our lifetime? We're hearing from Dr. Farshad and his team at Vaccinity. Plus, imagine having all of your family's medical files in one place. No faxes, no CD-ROMs. That's exactly what Dr. Hul from Malafi is explaining. That's coming up on Eye on Health with me, Helen Farmer. Speaking now to Dr. Farshad from Vaccinity. It's a global biotechnological company. They are pioneering vaccines, including one for cancer. I'm so excited to have you with us today, Dr. Farshad, because you are probably one of the finest brains when it comes to exactly what we're talking about today, which is in terms of advances in healthcare. And it's been a fascinating year when it comes to all things vaccines. You look at infectious diseases and even vaccines against cancer, which I'm really fascinated to find out more about. But let's start at the beginning. Where did your own interest in vaccines begin? Well, um, I've been working on vaccine for the last 25 years and mostly working on infectious diseases. And I've been chief scientific officer of many uh, small biotech and large biotech. And um, I've been lucky to be involved in uh, invention and creation of some vaccines like uh, dengue vaccine. I'm not sure if you heard about the vaccine for dengue store worldwide. And also the same technology was used to create the vaccine for Japanese encephalitis. You may have heard of also called Imogen. So you do incredible work. And, and you know, it's, it's very easy to say that some people have life-changing jobs, but yours truly is life-saving in, in so, so many ways. Um, and can I ask you, I mean, this last year must have been absolutely fascinating you, for you on a professional basis. How have you felt it's unfolded? Um, yeah, I think SARS-CoV-2 was really unprecedented situation, um, it, it, and you know it came so quickly. Nobody knew where it's coming from. Still, we don't know the origin of the SARS-CoV-2 um, epidemic. But um, the whole world put you know effort together to make a vaccine, and we made the vaccine, and like even many others in in really, really short time, it's less than one year. There, there was, has been never a vaccine made in, in one year. Generally, vaccine takes about 12 to 15 years. In my last you know, previous life, you know, it took for dengue vaccine almost 30 years to make a dengue vaccine. But uh, for this vaccine, you know, many vaccine companies were able to make vaccine for within a year. Uh, which doesn't mean it's not safe, but uh, everything was made in parallel and government helped to de-risk um, um, the vaccine making and, and uh, manufactured was manufacturing was done at the same time as mm-hmm. the clinical studies. This is usually done in consequences, but in this case, it was really done in parallel. Which is incredible slash slightly terrifying, I'm sure, for lots of professionals who are used to working in that particular process. But the scale and the speed of which COVID-19 swept the globe, 
really left people without much choice. Can I ask, what do you think would have happened um, in this specific pandemic if it had happened maybe 20 years ago? Well, yeah, probably we would have 10 times more life cost and, and lost and uh, wouldn't be able to control the vaccine or, or make a vaccine to, to be able to control it. I mean, there are vaccines who have been created like smallpox, who has you know, been used to eradicate almost the, the, the disease completely. So without the vaccine, we would have been unable to do this and we would have lost millions of millions of lives because of the population is naive, never seen the virus before. Mm-hmm. And it's still unfolding. There's still so much unknown about it. You know, discussing long COVID on, on last week's podcast and simply being in uncharted waters in so many ways. Um, I, I'm Correct. curious to get your take right now, because as I said, things are changing all the time. When it comes to data around mixing vaccines, you know, we have Sinopharm here in the UAE, Pfizer also now available, and some people opting to do Sinopharm and then a Pfizer booster or having one of Sinopharm and then continuing um, with that Pfizer. How do you feel about mixing? I think the mixing vaccine has been done in the past with the other vaccine, so this is nothing new. Uh, But there are clinical studies now evaluating mixing of different vaccines, like, you know, using Moderna or Pfizer coming back with AstraZeneca and J&J, or using, you know, another vaccine protein-based and coming with that. You know, it it is not um, clear if they're they're going to work, but there's no reason that it shouldn't work. Uh, It depends what vaccine comes first and what comes as as the next one. But our vaccine is based on the protein and peptide, and we believe our vaccine can boost any other platform if it's on vector-based, like adenoviruses, or is it mRNA-based or even protein-based? Can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on at Vaccinity when it comes to a new generation in some ways of vaccines? What are you predicting the future to look like? Well, we we are using a platform which we have shown to be safe and effective, uh, at least in phase two clinical trial for Alzheimer's. We are using a synthetic peptide, which we we can use to to make uh, an antigen, which is self-antigen in people, you usually don't make immune response to a self-antigen like amyloid uh, in Parkinson or or alpha-synuclein in amyloid in Alzheimer and, and alpha-synuclein in Parkinson diseases. So we, our platform make that protein or that bad antigen immunogenic so your body can get rid of uh, that, that diseased protein. So we use the same platform for COVID-19, but mm-hmm. we needed more um, to make um, the vaccine more effective. So the COVID-19 is a, is a mixture of protein and a peptide. Uh, which we are mixing together. There is no live virus in any step or process involved. It is not based on nucleic acid. It is a natural protein and peptide that we are using. So uh, the safety is, is a hallmark of our vaccine. We have shown in clinical trial that we have absolutely no fever after our vaccination. Some of the vaccine induce some fever about 24 hours or so. So our vaccine, a strong adjuvant or a nucleic acid, which might cause adverse reaction in some patients. 
Speaking of adverse reactions, some people who might have had the exact same vaccine on the exact same day can have very different side effects. What do we know about what would cause certain side effects in certain people? Well, I think it depends on genetic makeup people. Some people are allergic, have allergy to different proteins and some vaccines are made in eggs. Some people have allergy to the eggs. Um, some of the new vaccine use um, some protein or some carrier people have may allergy to. Um, but we are using a, a very old uh, and safe adjuvant, which is called alum, which has been used for half a century in human safety. So uh, we don't expect to have any adverse effect, effect which we have not seen so far. We have been um, uh, in phase two clinical trial, more than 4,000 people have been subjected to the Otar vaccine so far. I always have a huge amount of respect and admiration for people who put themselves forward for vaccine trials. I think it's an amazing thing to do and something, speaking as a UA resident, I'm so you know proud of the UAE for having uh, such a forward-thinking attitude, really, to trials here and, and really forging forward. But there is still some reluctance for people to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Is there anything you'd like to use as a platform uh, to communicate to them? Well, I, I, I think, as I mentioned, our platform is very safe based on a, on a classical protein and peptide-based vaccine. It has been used to, uh, this platform has been used to commercialize vaccines or is on the market, whereas, you know, nucleic acid base this is the first time they're coming in a market so uh, so far has been shown to be very safe and effective so but the long-term consequences is not yet clear but mm-hmm. i don't see any reason so far why, why not taking mrna based vaccine i have taken myself mrna vaccine two doses completely vaccinated it's a good feeling so, isn't it uh, yeah so uh, i didn't have any adverse reaction even after second dose just a little tiredness and, and soreness on the arm. But some people have, you know, really adverse reaction after the second dose. And uh, it's not clear if it's going to be worse. Um, maybe after the third dose, you may need the annual boosters, uh, which I think uh, after a year or so, you probably need to boost a shot with, with many vaccines too, mm-hmm. either with the traditional vaccine that you already have or, or with the strain adjusted for variants to make sure that you have immunity against the new variants. And that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about the new variants. And we're seeing them um, coming from different parts of the world. We're seeing them being given different names even in in this last week. Um, What do we know about how these variants, these mutations are created? And are our bodies going to be protected against them if we have had the, the vaccines that are available so far? Yeah. So this is nothing unusual about viruses. All viruses mutate. Uh, RNA viruses uh, mutate more than DNA viruses. DNA viruses are more stable. RNA viruses mutate and some viruses have a error proof enzyme that when they synthesize, you know, nucleic acid, they come back and check it, make sure it is it is error free. But generally, uh, mutation happens in one to 10,000. So if you make you know 10,000 nucleotide you make an error in one and if that error is useful for the virus it will survive mm-hmm. if it's not it kind of stays there so this error happen all the time and and 
variants happening because the immune system or the virus is under pressure from the immune system. So they have to mutate and some of the mutate which are beneficial, which for example, increase transmission of the virus, uh, make the virus be able to transmit uh, or infect the host at lower concentration. It may be selected for and it happens uh, and it just spread. For example, the UK variant, we, we, they call it now alpha by the latest WHO numbering. Uh, it more infectious, so it, it can it can infect people at lower dose. Uh, so it be more successful in in infecting and transmitting between humans. So the, these variants are going to stay with us. Can I ask you, is there any truth in uh, the kind of so-called vaccine aftercare? There was talk about for two weeks after, you know, you should be drinking lots of water, avoiding alcohol, resting. Is there anything that we as individuals can do to make that vaccine last longer or be more effective in our systems? Or is it simply a case of, you know, just let it do its thing? Well, I, I, I think once you get vaccinated, your immune response needs to be activated. That's what the vaccine do. The vaccine bring or shows your body pieces of the virus. So when the real virus comes, your body knows and have seen that and it's ready. The, 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 the troops are ready to act quickly because they know the enemy already. So um, I wouldn't take anything after I get my vaccine. So I let my immune response, and I let my immune system fight the virus and get ready for the, the real virus when it's coming because the vaccine are just either use the inactivated whole virus or a piece of uh, virus like the protein or the nucleic acid, which delivering one piece of the envelope or spike protein of the virus. So, um, so I, I wouldn't take any immune suppressive or any painkiller or thing if, if I can afford it. Dr. Fasha, we're talking about new technologies in vaccine today, and you've mentioned, you know, decades to get that dengue vaccine ready in, in contrast to an incredibly quick turnaround for COVID-19. You're also working on a number of infectious diseases, but also a cancer vaccine. Do you think we're ever going to see a vaccination against cancer in our lifetime? Well, I think if, if you can have, uh, if, you, if you can develop a cancer vaccine, which you can come early when the patient immune system is still intact, you can train the immune system to, to get rid of the cancer antigen. And uh, there are many, many, many type of um, cancer. Some of them, you know, you, you can find the tumor associated antigen, which you can go and target it for, but for many other diseases or cancer, the, 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 the cause is not known. So. Uh, it would be difficult for those. But uh, I think future for cancer is either um, personalized medicine, which means you go and uh, see what kind of cancer you are dealing with. You take the, the cancer tumor or tumor antigen and prepare it in the lab and come back and in, in, inoculate into that patient. So a one-one uh, vaccine it's, it's, it's not it's like off-the-shelf vaccine, one cancer for everybody else. So I think... Um, that's probably the future of cancer vaccine would be personalised medicine. Unbelievable. And if you were to get your crystal ball out and put a, a timeline on this, when do you think that would be available to those who perhaps could afford that personalised health care or have access to it? 
So I would think in next decade we will see lots of cancer vaccine would would come to the to the pipeline and um, it depends what cancer is. Some of them are effective, some of them are less effective. But I think for for cancer, if you can intervene in, at very early stage, um, you have more success because the immune system of the patient is still intact and can react to to the vaccine that you are making rather than if you stage wait until stage four and so and it's very difficult for cancer patient to react to your vaccines because that body's already compromised and already correct already vulnerable so incredible technologies the future you're not the first to say it you absolutely will not be the last to say it highly personalized healthcare in the future not just sick care but prevention you know looking at, uh, at at those individual genes looking at family histories and anticipating what may lay in the future and being proactive about it so incredibly exciting time dr fasha thank you so much for joining us from vaccinity sure. really appreciate your time your insights and looking forward to some headlines that you're going to be making in the future so thank you for all of your hard work and your time today Thank you so much for having me. Eye on Health on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Arab Health, uniting the healthcare community through business and education.